0: ¡Gracias! Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox-Starks. Hey guys, how are you doing? I hope that whenever and wherever you are, when you hear this recording, that you are happy and healthy and you feel safe, both physically and emotionally. I am still in bed. (laughs) All day long I've been trying to recover from my three-day ordeal. Um, traveling to Quito to get my visa and coming home eight hundred and eighty eight dollars poor without a visa <laughs> ah, i hope I hope that when I go in two weeks and have to pay another eight hundred dollars just to stay. <laughs> the last 888 was for application of the visa, which is $100, $788 in fines because I overstayed my visa because of the refugees who took up 11 months worth of appointments in front of me. And then my visa expired during that time, obviously. You know, so now they're blaming everybody whose visas expired and making them pay a fine when it's not our fault, when there's no appointments to be had. Oh, my God. It is such a nightmare. Anyway, bureaucracies, you know, but at least the people in the office were tremendous help and very sweet people. Unlike in Azogues, where they said, well, come back in a month and you'll see. We're going to deport you. And then you have 30 days to leave our country. That's literally what they said. I said, well, believe you me, I'm never coming back. Uh, I'm going to, going to, going to Quito, <laughs> where perhaps the people are more friendly. <laughs> and I was right. Thank God. I, I had a feeling. Just incredible people up there. And they're so patient for the fact that there's hundreds and hundreds of refugees just waiting in line and waiting and waiting. And they see maybe a thousand or more people per day. And there's only, I mean, they're kind of understaffed, to be honest. You know, there's just, I mean, as far as I think I saw five or six people working in temporary visas and another maybe eight to 10 people working in the uh, permanent visa section. Not a lot of people you know, to process thousands of people like they do and to keep a smile on their face yet at the end of the day even. Sweet people, good-hearted, good-natured human beings. And I was really, truly blown away by how great the overall experience was. I mean, you know, paying the money wasn't so great, but it's just part of the hoop. Hoops I have to jump through to become... A citizen of a foreign country, you know. I wanted to go through this experience for a couple of reasons. A, I love this country. B, I kind of want to know what it what it's like for people when they become Americans. You know, and if I could share <laughs> part of my story and a part of my pain with you guys, maybe you're gonna understand a little bit more from the other side of the coin, you know, like what is it that people have to go through and how hard it is and how frustrating it can become and why so many people just give up and become illegals. And then they live in fear for 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 years because they just, they just don't know what to do. It's just gets so confusing and so frustrating. You know, it's like, I just didn't even know. Um, some of the like I told you the other day, like some of the things you have to fill out for the paperwork, it's insane. Like occupation, wow, that's like a minefield. Just to fill out the word occupation, if I say my occupation is podcaster, they might say, "Well, you're working in Ecuador. You don't have a visa to work here." Bye. But if I put occupation is mother and then they find out I'm a podcaster. You know what I mean? So it's like, what do I do? I have a legal right to work in the United States from over the internet and they won't tax me. They have a policy that anybody who makes money from a foreign country over the internet does not get taxed. I mean, I would get taxed if I had a furniture shop here in town or something, but the whole, the whole scenario is like, it's so stressful. I have two weeks left. Before two or three weeks before I have to go back in and they haven't given me an appointment yet but when I do go back and I do have an appointment after that I'll know what's happening with me (laughs) I mean do I have to marry somebody really quick to stay in the country I don't know I don't really want to do that I mean I want to marry for love and nothing else and I don't care if I marry an American or an Ecuadorian or who I just I want it to be my twin flame to be honest and I want it now (laughs) now 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 (laughs) Uh, like everybody on the planet right we all want our things now but I am working towards I'm working towards all of it I'm working towards practicality (laughs) <laughs> Says every Virgo ever, but yeah. So the other thing is though, um, today was the Inti Raymi festival. It's the first time in 500 years that it's been celebrated in Cuenca, and it was like a huge, huge deal. But the irony is, I didn't feel like getting up and going because it rained all day long I mean this is the festival for the sun God and it rained all day long the sun was not even out for five whole minutes I mean oh my God (laughs) I really wanted to go and it was cold cold I did not want to get out of bed you know not only because I was I was tired, but because I was so cold. It's been for two weeks unseasonably cold here in Ecuador. And I'm hoping that by next Wednesday, I'll have enough stories to do another Weird News Wednesday. There is a lot of weather and Earth-related phenomena in relation to the sun happening this uh, past couple weeks so I'm going to do my research I'm going to probably start on it a day or two early because it looks like there might be some really good stories there and I hope you enjoy that but tonight is a night of Khalil Gibran or Gibran I guess you could say if, he's Lebanese so if it's an Arabic name it would be Gibran like Gibrael which is how they say Gabriel in Arabic But he is a uh, Lebanese-born, a Lebanese-American-born, you know, born in the United States, author, and his work has been celebrated all over the world. It just became available January 1st, 2019, and it is in the public domain, thank God. So I'm able to read it to you guys, and it's such a good book that... I don't know, it'll touch you in different ways. And every time you hear it, it'll touch you in yet different ways. You know what I mean? Like it just, it's one of those pieces of work that when you read it the first time, you'll take one or two meanings from it. And then the next time you get deeper layers. It's just, it's something that's in layers and layers. And it's beautiful in its simplicity, but it's still very deeply profound. You know, if you look deeper and deeper into the meanings behind it, it's just... It's one of those works that will just stick to you for a long, long time. (laughs) Well, I had to stop the recording for like five minutes because I had a sudden allergy attack and I was sneezing so violently I would have dropped the phone. Oh, yeah. Well, welcome back to Cuenca. (laughs) In Quito, I really didn't have that many allergies. I know it might be the eucalyptus trees that I live right next to. And I mean, I know I'm allergic to eucalyptus, even though if I have eucalyptus essential oil, I'm not allergic to that. It's just a pollen from these trees, but oh man. <clears throat> oh, that was crazy. In, in Quito it's like the air is so cold, but the sun is so hot that it's such a pleasant combination, except when the air stops blowing, or when the sun goes behind a cloud, and then on top of that you've got the humidity. So, I don't know. I liked it, but it was hard to breathe. I mean, anything above the elevation where I am now, it makes it kind of rough to breathe. Even though I, I am a little. It's a little rough here too. I don't mind the idea of being at 5,000 feet. Coffee grows really good at 5,000 feet, so I would love to have a little tiny coffee farm or a mocha farm. I don't like drinking mochas, but I would call it a mocha farm because I would definitely be growing chocolate too. But, um, yeah, here I am with this allergy again. Like, oh, my gosh. I mean, eucalyptus is supposed to be so good for you, but... I am so allergic to the pollen of it. Woo! All right. I did want to mention that today we are at 99 on the ascension symptoms scale, and I I don't really know what the symptoms are right now. It might be might be like more individualized. Whatever it is that you need to personally work on, but I do know that a lot of people have a lot of hardcore emotions and memories of the past coming up. Things that are really bothering people from their past. That's been reported by several different, um, Ascension light workers. I believe that I heard that from, I want to say Paul Butler might've said it. Definitely Aja Andromeda. She said it too. I feel like, um, in my life I've witnessed it with people around me for me I think I've gotten rid of most of my stuff from memories from the past but we'll see you know I've said that before hey I'm clear I feel great and then a week later oh wait this one thing came up again (laughs) so (laughs) I don't know this thing this thing's got layers to it just like an ogre (laughs) Quite a Shrek for onions, right? <laughs> oh man, <clears throat> yeah, it was like crazy sudden allergy outburst. I took a four hour allergy pill, so in a few minutes, I'll feel great. I might sound a little tired though. <clears throat> I literally bought these from Amazon before I left three and a half years ago, a thousand pills. And I still have quite a bit left, but um, when you buy them, there's, it's uh, a very mild substance that really helps with allergies, and it's for cats and dogs. So uh, I literally bought this from the veterinary section of Amazon. It was like it was like so so cheap. It's like, if you buy it for humans, it's like 20 pills for like 7 or $8. When you buy it for cats, it's like $3 for a thousand pills. So I'm like literally on cat medicine right now, but it's, it's exactly the same thing. It's the exact same ingredients. It's so ridiculous. It's even the same color yellow that the human pills are. It's just, it's literally all about the packaging. All right, as far as the Schumann Resonance is concerned, it says for the 1700 report, they did not do any report but the evening one again. It says another day of light activity. It began at 7 and lasted until 14 UTC with the highest peak at 26 hertz at 730 UTC. So, okay, all right, not too bad, not too bad at all somebody did say something about the Schumann resonance being at 150 and feel good was um, so great now. I just realized it sounds like feel good <laughs> but a uh, Phil good on YouTube had mentioned it not in a video but just on a comment that you can do and um, that you could write for your subscribers and he kind of had retweeted that or re oh my God, I can't even think straight does on YouTube. It's not a retweet. Anyway, he cut and pasted. That's what so I'm trying to say dag nabit. <laughs> between the tiredness and the allergies. Um, so yeah, he said that um, it, he thinks that we did it. We raised it to 150, but I don't know where, how long ago the quote was, You know, how long ago this person, you know, or if there's one of the other Schumann Resonance centers. I mean, I'm reading it from Italy. From Italy, it was only 26. So, is it possible the Schumann Resonance varies that much in different places? It is possible. And if any of you know exactly how to look at the Schumann Resonance in different cities around the globe, I would really love to hear it. Uh, and then I mean if I could find all five again I would you know immediately report all of them to you you know I just give you the highlights you know in Italy it was 26 in blah 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 city it was 150 you know I think that would be more interesting anyway especially to report the wild differences between places if that's true <laughs> right now it's just pure speculation on my part and I do not know what's up with that but lesson 14 today is a little bit seemingly contrary to the last few days on in a course in miracles so because what was I saying um I am never upset for the reason I think everything I see is meaningless uh I'm upset because I see meaningless world right and now now it goes to lesson 14 is God did not create a meaningless world well what does that mean if, if you everything you see is meaningless but then God didn't create a meaningless world then what the hell is it that you're seeing right so I'm going to read the first uh, paragraph or two to get a little more of a clear handle on it. But again, I'm not gonna read the whole lesson. It is up to you to do the lessons because it requires long bouts of thinking about the lesson in several practice periods throughout the day. And obviously, I just do a show once a day, not several times a day. But this might be helping you even if you don't wanna do the lessons, that's why I do this. And plus, It helps me keep my integrity about me, especially with some false ascension symptoms or syndromes that people have fallen prey to. This is something that I know these words are, they have integrity. I know these words are real. They come from a good and genuine place. If I could read high vibrational words such as these, that keeps me on my um, ascension toes, (laughs) the correct (laughs) ascension toes. And it doesn't, it puts me in a position where I'm not falling prey to anything false. At least that's my working theory in progress, okay? All right. God did not create a meaningless world. The idea for today is, of course, the reason why a meaningless world is impossible. What God did not create does not exist and everything that does exist exists as he created it the world you see has nothing to do with reality oh it is of your own making and it does not exist (laughs) I hope that that makes sense I'm going to skip a couple paragraphs and the, the, what it says basically is if you say God did not create that war. And so it is not real. God did not create that airplane crash. And so it is not real. God did not create that disaster. And then you specify what it is like the Notre Dame fire. And so it is not real. So, also you can you know include for the practice period. They say anything that you can, um, the, the anything that you're afraid might happen to you, or to anyone about whom you might be concerned. So you have to name the disaster quite specifically. Don't say God did not create illness. You say you know God did not create pancreatic cancer or whatever it is that you may or may not be. <laughs> you know God did not create syphilis <laughs> I think mean, is it isn't pretty much everyone a little bit afraid of contracting syphilis? <laughs> all right, sorry <laughs> I'm not real I don't have a fear about it but I mean Vincent van Gogh did go quite crazy, cut his ear off <laughs> and ate his own lead paints, which also led to further engagement in insanity. I think we're all afraid of that stuff. all right so basically you could just say like God did not create a meaningless world God did not create a meaningless world he did not create and then you specify the situation which is disturbing you right now so it is not real so like a couple days ago that thing that happened to me you know God did not create a meaningless world he did not create a very angry French woman shining a light directly in my eye causing me a migraine headache (laughs) And so it is not real. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> Probably that may or may not work. I think it works for everything, though. And it says when you think about this God did not create meaningless world, you should keep your eyes closed. You know, so I guess so you don't confuse yourself with what you're seeing because what you're seeing isn't really real. <laughs> Anyway, the whole lesson, it's worthwhile reading it. It's worthwhile doing the course. I'm going to keep promoting it. I get zero from it. You know, they get zero from it because they lost their copyright. Um, so it's in the public domain. It's free for everybody. You could download an app even, which is so cool. <clears throat> so anyway, it is the time for me to read you guys More in Khalil Gibran's The Prophet. We're going to start with the chapter on work right after this message. Well, I have taken my cat medicine. doesn't affect me at all (laughs) anyway we're going to get to part two of the prophet by Khalil Gibran now where we left off was the chapter on work Then a plowman said, Speak to us of work. And he answered, saying, You work that you may keep pace with the earth and the soil of the earth. For to be idle is to become a stranger unto the seasons and to step out of life's procession that marches in majesty and proud submission towards the infinite. When you work, you are a flute, through whose heart the whispering of the hours turns to music which of you would be a reed dumb and silent when all else sings together in unison always you have been told that work is a curse and labor a misfortune but I say to you that when you work you fulfill a part of earth's furthest dream assigned to you when that dream was born and in keeping yourself with labor you are in truth loving life and to love life through labor is to be intimate with life's inmost secret but if you and your pain call birth an affliction and the support of the flesh a curse written upon your brow then I answer that not but the sweat of your brow shall wash away that which is written. You have been told also that life is darkness and in your weariness you echo what was said by the weary. And I say that life is indeed darkness save when there is urge and all urge is blind save when there is knowledge and all knowledge is vain save when there is work and all work is empty save when there is love. And when you work with love, you bind yourself to yourself and to one another and to God. And what is it to work with love? Is it to weave the cloth with threads drawn from your heart, even as if your beloved were to wear that cloth? Is it to build a house with affection? Even as if your beloved were to dwell in that house? Is it to sow seeds with tenderness and reap the harvest with joy, even as if your beloved were to eat the fruit? Is it to charge all things you fashion with the breath of your own spirit, and to know that all the blessing dead, oh, I'm sorry, and to know that all the blessed dead, Are standing about you and watching often have I heard you say as if speaking in sleep he who works in marble and finds the shape of his own soul in the stone is nobler than he who plows the soil and he who seizes the rainbow to lay it on a cloth in the likeness of man is more than he who makes the sandals for our feet. But I say not in sleep, but in the overwakefulness of noontide, that the wind speaks not more sweetly to the giant oaks than to the least of all, the blades of grass. And he alone is great, who turns the voice of the wind into a song made sweeter by his own loving. Work is love made visible. And if you cannot work with love, but only with distaste, it is better that you should leave your work and sit at the gate of the temple and take alms of those who work for joy. For if you bake bread with indifference, you bake a bitter bread that feeds but half of man's hunger. And if you grudge the crushing of the grapes, Your grudge distills a poison into the wine. And if you sing, though, as angels and love not the singing, you muffle man's ears to the voices of the day and the voices of the night. Then a woman said, Speak to us of joy and sorrow. And he answered, Your joy is sorrow unmasked and the self-same well from which your laughter rises was oftentimes filled with your tears how else can it be? the deeper that sorrow carves into your being the more joy you can contain Is not the cup that holds your wine the very cup that was burned in the potter's oven and is not the lute that soothes your spirit the very wood that was hollowed with knives when you are joyous look deep into your heart and you shall find it is only that which was given you sorrow that is giving you joy when you are sorrowful look again in your heart and you shall see that in truth you are weeping for that which has been your delight some of you say joy is greater than sorrow and others say nay sorrow is greater but I say unto you they are inseparable together they come and when one sits alone with you at your board Remember that the other is asleep upon your bed. Verily, you are suspended like scales between your sorrow and your joy. Only when you are empty are you at standstill and balanced. When the treasure keeper lifts you to weigh his gold and his silver, needs must your joy or your sorrow rise and fall. Then a mason came forth and said, Speak to us of houses. And he answered and said, Build of your imaginings a bower in the wilderness, ere you build a house within the city walls. For even as you have homecomings in your twilight, so has the wanderer in you, the ever distant and alone. Your house is your larger body. It grows in the sun and sleeps in the stillness of the night. And it is not dreamless. Does not your house dream and dreaming leave the city for grove or hilltop? Would that I could gather your houses into my hand and like a sower scatter them in forest and meadow with the valleys were your streets and the green paths your alleys that you might seek one another through vineyards and come with the fragrance of the earth in your garments but these things are not yet to be in your fear your forefathers gathered you too near together and that fear shall endure a little longer a little longer shall your city walls separate your hearths from your fields and tell me people of Orphalese, what have you in these houses and what is it you guard with fastened doors have you peace the quiet urge that reveals your power have you remembrances the glimmering arches that span the summits of the mind? Have you beauty that leads the heart from things fashioned of wood and stone to the holy mountain? Or have you only comfort and the lust for comfort, that stealthy thing that enters the house, a guest and then becomes a host and then a master? Aye, and it becomes a tamer and with hook and scourge makes puppets of your larger desires. Though its hands are silken, its heart is of iron. It lulls you to sleep only to stand by your bed and jeer at the dignity of the flesh. It makes mock of your sound senses then lays them in thistledown like fragile vessels. Verily the lust for comfort murders the passion of the soul and then walks grinning in the funeral. But you, children of space, you restless and rest, you shall not be trapped nor tamed your house shall be not an anchor but a mast it shall not be a glistening film that covers a wound but an eyelid that guards the eye you shall not fold your wings that you may pass through doors nor bend your heads that they strike not against a ceiling nor fear to breathe lest walls should crack and fall down you shall not dwell in tombs made by the dead for the living. And though of magnificence and splendor, your house shall not hold your secret, nor shelter your longing. For that which is boundless in the abides in the mansion of the sky, whose door is the morning mist, and whose windows are the songs and the silence silences of night and the weaver said speak to us of clothes and he answered your clothes conceal much of your beauty yet they hide not the unbeautiful and though you seek in garments the the freedom of privacy you may find in them a harness and a chain Would that you could meet the sun and the wind with more of your skin and less of your raiment. For the breath of life is in the sunlight and the hand of life is in the wind. Some of you say, It is the north wind who has woven the clothes. And I say, Aye, it was the north wind but shame was his loom and the softening of the sinews was his thread and when his work was done he laughed in the forest forget not that modesty is for a shield against the eye of the unclean and when the unclean shall be no more what were modesty but a fetter and a fouling of the mind And forget not that the earth delights to feel your bare feet and the wind, the winds long to play with your hair. And a merchant said, speak to us of buying and selling. And he answered and said to you, the earth yields her fruit and you shall not want if you, but know how to fill your hands. It is in exchanging the gifts of the earth that you find abundance and be satisfied yet. Unless the exchange be in love and kindly justice, it will lead some to greed and others to hunger When in the marketplace you toilers of the sea and fields and vineyards meet the weavers and the potters and the gatherers of spices, invoke then the master spirit of the earth to come into your midst and sanctify the scales and the reckoning that weighs value against value and suffer not the barren-handed to take part in your transactions, who would sell their words for your labor. To such men you should say, Come with us to the field, or go with our brothers to the sea and cast your net. For the land and the sea shall be bountiful to you even as to us. And if there come the singers and the dancers and the flute players, buy of their gifts also. For they too are gatherers of fruit and frankincense. And that which they bring, though fashioned of dreams, is raiment and food for your soul. And before you leave the marketplace, see that no one has gone his way with empty hands for the master spirit of the earth shall not sleep peacefully upon the wind till the needs of the least of you are satisfied then one of the judges of the city stood forth and said speak to us of crime and punishment and he answered saying it is when your spirit goes wandering upon the wind that you alone and unguarded Commit a wrong unto others and therefore unto yourself. And for that wrong committed must you knock and wait a while unheeded at the gate of the blessed. Like the ocean is your God self, it remains forever undefiled. And like the ether, it lifts but the winged. Even like the sun is your God self, it knows not the ways of the mole, nor seeks it the holes of the serpent. But your God self dwells not alone in your being. Much in you is still man, and much in you is not yet man but a shapeless pygmy that walks asleep in the mist searching for its own awakening and of the man in you would I now speak for it is he and not your God self nor the pygmy in the mist that knows crime and the punishment of crime. Oftentimes have I heard you speak of one who commits a wrong as though he were not one of you but a stranger unto you and an intruder upon your world. But I say that even as the holy and the righteous cannot rise beyond the highest which is in each one of you, so the wicked and the weak cannot fall lower than the lowest which is in you also. And as a single leaf turns not yellow, but with the silent knowledge of the whole tree, so the wrongdoer cannot do wrong without the hidden will of you all. Like a procession, you walk together towards your God self. You are the way and the wayfarers. And when one of you falls down, he falls for those behind him, a caution against a stumbling stone. Aye, and he falls for those ahead of him, who, though faster and sure of foot, yet removed not the stumbling stone. And this also, though the word, lie heavy upon your hearts. The murdered is not unaccountable for his own murder, and the robbed is not blameless in being robbed. The righteous is not innocent of the deeds of the wicked, and the white-handed is not clean in the doings of the felon. Yea, the guilty is oftentimes the victim of the injured, and still more often the condemned is, is a burden-bearer for the guiltless and unblamed. You cannot separate the just from the unjust and the good from the wicked, for they stand together before the face of the sun, even as the black thread and the white are woven together. And when the black thread breaks, the weaver shall look into the whole cloth, and he shall examine the loom also if any of you would bring to judgment the unfaithful wife let him also weigh the heart of her husband in scales and measure his soul with measurements and let him who would lash the offender look unto the spirit of the offended and if any of you would punish in the name of righteousness and lay the axe unto the evil tree let him see to its roots and verily he will find the roots of the good and the bad, the fruitful and the fruitless, all entwined together in the silent heart of the earth. And you judges who would be just, what judgment pronounce you upon him who, though honest in the flesh, yet is a thief in spirit? What penalty lay you upon him who slays in the flesh, yet is himself slain in the spirit. And how prosecute you him who in action is a deceiver and an oppressor, yet who also is aggrieved and outraged? And how shall you punish those whose remorse is already greater than their misdeeds? Is not remorse the justice which is administered by that very law which you would fain serve? Yet you cannot lay remorse upon the innocent, nor lift it from the heart of the guilty. Unbidden shall it call in the night that men may wake and gaze upon themselves. And you who would understand justice how shall you look unless you look upon all deeds in the fullness of light? Only then shall you know that the erect and the fallen are, are but one man standing in twilight between the night of his pygmy self and the day of his God self. And that the cornerstone of the temple is not higher than the lowest stone in its foundation. Then a lawyer said, But what of our laws, Master? And he answered, You delight in laying down laws, yet you delight more in breaking them. Like children playing by the ocean, Who would build sand towers with constancy and then destroy them with laughter? But while you build your sand towers, the ocean brings more sand to the shore. And when you destroy them, the ocean laughs with you. Verily the ocean laughs always with the innocent. But what of those who to whom life is not an ocean? and man-made laws are not sand towers, but to whom life is a rock and the law a chisel with which they would carve it into their own likeness. What of the cripple who hates dancers? What of the ox who loves his yoke and deems the elk and deer of the forest stray and vagrant things? What of the old serpent who cannot shed his skin and calls all others naked and shameless? And of him who comes early to the wedding feast and when overfed and tired goes his way saying that all feasts are violation and all feasters lawbreakers... (laughs) what shall I say of these save that they too stand in the sunlight but with their backs to the sun they see only their shadows and their shadows are their laws and what is the sun to them but a caster of shadows and what is it to acknowledge the laws but to stoop down and trace their shadows upon the earth But you who walk facing the sun, what images drawn on the earth can hold you? You who travel with the wind, what weather vane shall direct your course? What man's law shall bind you if you break your yoke, but upon no man's prison door? What laws shall you fear? if you dance but stumble against no man's iron chains. And who is he that shall bring you to judgment, if you tear off your garment, yet leave it in no man's path? People of Orphalese, you can muffle the drum, and you can loosen the strings of the lyre, but who shall command the Skylark, not to sing. All right, guys, that was Khalil Gibran's The Prophet, my reading for you guys, part two. Next Saturday, we'll be back with part three, where we will start with the idea of freedom. So, pretty cool. I did not plan any of this out. (laughs) Uh, I've been dealing with the laws of Ecuador for like three days pretty intensely this week. And ironically enough, remember when I said, trust the universe, trust the universe. The universe is going to throw signs your way. My um, taxi driver, (laughs) between, oh, I don't know. I think it was, yeah, I think it was between the hostel and the first government building before I went to see how much the fine was before I went to pay the fine. He was a police officer in Madrid, Spain for like nine years, but he also worked in Barcelona and everything. And he asked me for my phone number and wanted to maybe be friends, possibly more, I mean, how weird is it? I'm like going to deal with laws and I had to go pay my fine for having overstayed my visa and then it was a police officer that transported me. (laughs) But he was a taxi driver here in Ecuador. He's Ecuadorian, but he lived in Spain for nine years. But um, it was weird. It's just like one more thing where it's like, okay, you know... (laughs) everything is about law everything for like a few four five days was about laws and justice and karmic justice and all kinds of um, just rules and law breaking and what is justice and what isn't justice and you know like looking at all the refugees that needed to flee the home and country that they loved so much just to be in a place where they feel safe And secure and then the laws keep them from what they want sometimes more people fleeing their country right now are uh, Colombians more than Venezuelans coming to Ecuador to seek asylum especially people live on the border in the border regions because of the cartel it's just gotten so bad People are fearing for their lives and their families, and they've witnessed horrors that I don't want to go into. But it's, um, you know, it's bad. I mean, I I looked into the face of a man who told me I had to leave Colombia because of all the violence. I told him I wished him good luck, and it was in front of the lady who's helping me, and she started laugh, laughing and shaking her head. She's like, luck, ugh. I'm like, well, okay, good luck and good organization. She said, yes, organization, that's the key to living and staying in Ecuador. You know, basically, it's not a decision based on what they think about you. It's a decision based on how well your paperwork looks. So that was a lovely insight that I had because when I was in Ezo the lady said, I'm going to basically, I'm going to deport you because you don't have your paperwork right But I think her sneering and sniding remarks and her looks towards me, for her, it wasn't about the organization as much as the luck factor. And I was SOL in that case. (laughs) So I just never went back to her. And now I finally found a group of people that actually care about justice, but it can only come about through organization. You know, not bending, but abiding by the laws. And it is true that the sun casts the shadows and then the shadows become the laws. I feel that every man should have a right under the sun to live under the sun wherever he wishes. That should be our human rights. We should live where we feel comfortable. We shouldn't be based on borders or... Anything It shouldn't be based on, well, I'm sorry, you crossed an invisible line that actually does not exist. And now you've got to pay all this money. You've got to fill out all these random papers. You have to prove yourself worthy in a multitude of ways. And if you forget to dot an I or cross a T, you have to go back and live somewhere where you don't want to be. And that's happening all over the world right now. I think I read today 1.6 million people in China had to relocate because of flooding. Floods are going everywhere all over the earth now. But I'm going to save that. You know, the more greater details of these stories um, for Weird News Wednesday coming up. So tomorrow I will be back with all new and unique programming, like always. I have no idea what the show will be about tomorrow. It's going to be a surprise, even to myself. Usually it's my higher guidance that tells me a few hours before so I can prepare. I ask. (laughs) Sometimes I'll ask the night before, like maybe when I publish this episode. I ask and then I get an answer and I'll start researching it. Researching it, and then I put my subconscious mind on work, you know, on work duty basically. And then by the time it's, you know, I'm ready to record the show, I pretty much have it all, what I need. But I love each and every one of you. I wanted to thank you for being my listener. If you have any questions or comments, or if you want to make a small donation to me to keep the show going, My email address, and of course it's also my PayPal, is metaphysicalsoulspeak at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and downloading these episodes. Take them with you on the go. And don't forget to let your family and friends who are also metaphysically minded to share in in the delights of the show if you find it delightful or if you want to make fun of it I don't care just listen to the show (laughs) just listen to the show and tell others about it who are like minded that also want to listen Um, and maybe learn from me if you think I'm teaching a lot of you have said you think I'm teaching and that you like what I'm teaching and that makes me happy I'm glad I'm being useful to the world. That's what I'm here for. Anyway, again, I love each and every one of you. And that's all i got to say for tonight. (laughs) So I'm signing off now with peace and love and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Until next time, guys, peace.